It's the Americhips with Kim Monson. Now, while this is all going on, I went through President Trump's speech and uh, Chuck and Nancy's rebuttal. The most important story. The American people finally said enough, and that is why they elected Donald Trump. The latest in politics and world affairs. It's almost unbelievable that Trump has extricated the U.S. from the Iran nuclear deal. And opinions and ideas that prepare you to tackle the day ahead. Because ideas matter. It's the Americhicks, dissecting issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. Hey, welcome to the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson, where we dissect issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Or agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. And my gosh, we are having lots of conversations. There's lots to talk about out there. I am the AmeriChicks on Facebook and Twitter as well. Email me if you have any questions, comments. I love hearing from you, so keep those cards and letters coming. Uh, regarding Arvino and Veritas, which is the fabulous uh, Wine and Truth book club that we have started, or that I've started with uh, Dr. Tom Cranwitter over at Speakeasy Ideas, uh, which is meeting on the fourth Monday of each month, uh, and this will be February 25th of this month. We currently are sold out for the February meeting. However, we are coming up with some ways to uh, hopefully address demand on that. So if you would like to be added to the wait, uh, wait list, let me know. Email me at kimandamerichicks.com, and uh, we'll work with Bethany and get you on that as well. Um, so for today's funnies, I've got a story for you. A couple went to Israel for a trip and brought the guy's mother-in-law along. And while in Jerusalem, the mother-in-law passed on. She died. The rabbi of the local synagogue offered to help. He said that they could do a lovely service and burial for the mother-in-law for a hundred bucks. Well, the young man thanked the rabbi and said that he'd like to see how much it would cost to have the body flown back to the States for a service and a burial there. And he did. Upon finding out the details, the young man told the rabbi that they had decided to have the services back in the States. Well, the rabbi asked, how much would this cost? And the young man replied, $2,000. Well, the rabbi said, I I don't understand. We can do a lovely service and burial for your mother-in-law right here for just 100 bucks." I know, replied the young man. However, 2,000 years ago, you guys buried someone over here, and they rose from the dead, and he rose from the dead, and I can't take my chances. No smirking there, Steve. I, uh, <laughs> I knew where that one was going. I mean, that's, that's been around a little bit, but it's very funny. It's still funny every time, uh, every time you hear that. So, hey, today we basically are going to focus on there is some really, really bad legislation that has been proposed down at the State House. Of course, we've got those ugly, ugly um, executive orders regarding. Uh, vehicles. We had Governor Hickenlooper that issued an executive order on LEVs, low emission vehicles. And then Governor Polis issued another executive order on ZEVs, zero emission vehicles. And basically, this is government. Everything you see, it's force versus freedom. Is government going to force people to drive certain vehicles or are people going to have the freedom to choose what they're going to what they're going to drive? We've got that awful national popular vote where it's basically unconstitutional. And the founder said, hey, if if you don't like something in the Constitution, we have Article five where we can go through the amendment process. But instead of doing something constitutionally, which folks those folks realize that that's probably not going to fly. 
they're doing something to circumvent that. But one of the, the things that really concerns me is HB 191032. And, uh, I, I've learned that, hey, regular people, we can actually read these this legislation. We can read these regulations. So HB 19, that means it's House Bill 19. So if it comes from the House, it's HB 19, and that's the year. Or if it comes from the Senate, it's SB 19. So in this case, this is coming out of the House. Interestingly enough, we have a Republican who is a ghost, uh, co-sponsor on this Don Quorum out of the Montrose area, which is astounding to me. I actually have reached out to him. I've not heard back from him. I'll try that again. So this is HB 19, House Bill 19, 1032. So that is the number of the bill. And so you can actually Google it and you can read it. It's about 26 pages long. And uh, instead of having, you know, looking at articles saying, oh, this is what somebody said, this is, you can read it for yourself. But today we're going to focus on this, this show because this is House Bill 19, 1032. It is the sex education bill that, again, it's going to be a freedom versus force where the state is going to force a specific curriculum regarding sex education. Uh, you know, I actually think that education be, should be teaching our children to aspire to be the best version of themselves that they can be. Uh, I don't think that this this does that at all. But uh, we have two guests that really understand this that we're going to chat with. And first of all is that will be Senator Kevin Lundberg, or former state Senator uh, Kevin Lundberg, who has really been a champion for watching out for really bad stuff that's coming out of the, the leg- legislature. And uh, we've got him on the line right now. So Senator Lundberg, welcome to the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson. Uh, thank you. This this uh, House Bill 1032, this is this is really a bad boy as from what I can see, but let's go ahead and jump into it. What What's your read on it? Well, sure. Uh, thanks for having me on. Um, and there's so many things to cover and not a lot of time to cover in, but let, let me let me give you the encapsulized version here. Uh, it's a sex ed bill that requires LGBT practices be taught and presented as normal and fully acceptable behavior in all public school sex education instruction. It, it, they are to teach all contraceptive method, methods, including abortifacients and and uh, um, you know, that whole line and list of things. No religious values can be promoted or encouraged in any way, and it says, quote, either explicitly or implicitly, and abstinence can be mentioned, but it cannot be taught as a primary method of birth control. And I've got a question. How is a sort of kind of abstinence? Um, that's ridiculous. And then charter schools must comply. Today, a charter school can actually wave out of state requirements for sex ed and a lot of other things, but it says specifically in this bill that when it comes to these uh, mandates, it must, uh, charter schools cannot seek a waiver for it. So this is a, an across-the-board, the only exception is if the school is currently receiving funding for an abstinence program that started back in 2013. So there must be a few districts that still have a little bit of a funding stream, but when that's gone, everybody's in. And uh, th- this is just um, beyond the beyond it, the scope. It, I, mean, it, it, I, I was down there. For, well, I was down there for 16 years, and I've seen some pretty lousy legislation, yeah. but I've never seen one that, that was this coercive with and this extreme. Well, it truly is extreme. Uh, I've read the bill. I would encourage people to do that. It's about 26 pages long, if I remember right. And yep. there's. Um, I, I, a couple of things. It, it seems like this is, in some ways, it's very well thought out because they have certainly tried to 
to stop any ability for school districts to get out of this forced, this mandated uh, sex education bill, which when you mentioned practices about LGTB, the explicit language in the bill is that the experience, the LGTB experience must be taught. And this starts at fourth grade for sure, but it even addresses our little kindergartners up to third grade. And Kevin or Lumberg, I'm going to certainly date myself, but I just remember in kindergarten, we were just trying to figure out how to stand in line and keep our hands to ourselves, learn our ABCs. I mean, honestly, the hyper-sexualization of our children, we're no longer letting kids be kids. It breaks my heart. Well, yeah, and, and, and actually there was one thing I left out, and that is that within the instruction, it cannot include any what they call gender norms or gender stereotypes. Now, those are code words for you cannot refer to somebody as a him or a her. Uh, I was reading a, a, an email from Planned Parenthood yesterday, and there they were employing that by saying any person who is pregnant. Well, now, let's see. I think women can be, become pregnant and men cannot, but they can't even bring themselves to admit that. That's the kind of context they're going to put it within, and yes, that will ha- that will filter down everywhere. Uh, there was a, uh, a teacher, and he, he taught French in Virginia, who had a transvestite student, and he mistakenly called the him a her or a her a him, and you know, I won't even get into the details on that, but he was fired for that. And, and, and that's the kind of coercive um, environment that they want to put teachers in, and the, and the kind of value structure that they want to put all public school students through here in Colorado. Well, and Kevin Lundberg, Senator Lundberg, uh, what we see here is they have tried to button up all opportunities for schools to be able to make, at least from what I can see, their decisions about this. So any school that gets uh, funding from the government, and so that's going to be your public schools or your public charter schools, will be forced to teach this. And then many times, as you mentioned, schools could go to the State Board of Education to get a waiver. Well, they have closed that door in this legislation as well. They say, hey, you can't exactly. do that. I mean, it it is astounding. And Senator Lumberg, I don't think parents really know that this is coming down the pike. And we really... We really need to make sure that we are talking to those busy moms and dads out there that are just trusting. They're sending their kids to school. And I think a lot of them are thinking that the kids are getting the education that I got in kindergarten. You're going to try to stand in line, you know, figure out your ABCs. They have no idea. And, in fact, this could even start in kindergarten because it's talking about, quote, unquote, healthy relationships within the definition of what they consider healthy relationships. Well, yeah. Yeah. And, and, And let me take you back to this gender norm prohibition. Uh, Sure, it technically only applies when it comes to uh, um, uh, sex education, but it does say for any child, even down to kindergarten, if you're going to teach them anything about health or healthy relationships, you have to apply these values. And that that means you can't say, um, you know, like, one thing I was taught in school is, as a, as, a, as a boy, you need to show extra deference to the girls. When, when going through a door, open the door for them. Well, you can't even make the reference to the difference or the very existence of boys and girls. You just have to say, children, uh, <laughs> and, 
we, we've seen this applied in, in um, oh, there's a committee in California uh, in the legislature where they've been instructed that you cannot make a gender uh, norm <laughs> reference. So instead of saying she, they have to say it or they. They, that's the term they use for the most part, they. Now, curiously, if, if they're teaching anything in Spanish, they don't even have a word for it. Everything has a gender. But here in Colorado, you're supposed to completely strip all gender uh, references away from your, your communication. Uh, th- this is so heavy and so over the top. And, and I'd, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention one other thing, because a, a, a gentleman who was a senator a long time ago sent me a message a couple of days ago, and, and he said, isn't this a direct violation of the constitutional requirement, the state constitutional requirement, that school districts, local school districts, establish curriculum? Uh, and, and that's somewhat unique to Colorado in, in that the, uh, the, 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 the state board of education and indeed the legislature is very limited in what they can tell local school districts what they teach. But here they're just stomping all over that. And I mean, there's so many things about this bill that are so bad. Now, you, you said people don't know. I'm sure the majority of the people don't know. Enough people knew when it came to its first committee hearing that it was a historical event. Hundreds of people showed up to testify. Um, and I've never seen that. I've been down there, had been down there for 16 years, and I'd never seen that many people show up and say, I want to talk about this bill. And they were talking about how this was a bad bill. So, Senator Lundberg, uh, but- we need to go to break on that. But let's come back because even though hundreds and hundreds of people showed up, the Democrats didn't listen. And so let's go to break. That's and let's, an excellent point. We'll, yep. we'll talk about that when we come back. Before we do that, though, uh, I think many of you know that uh, when I was on city council, I had really a, a freedom question regarding free markets and what government can and can't not do, whether or not they like something or don't like something. Can they, in essence, be making decisions about businesses and churches and all those kinds of things? And it's an interesting story. Became very good friends with Hooters Restaurants. And Hooters Restaurants is your game day headquarters. And if you'd like more information about how that whole thing happened, it's really fascinating. Be sure and email me at kimandamerichicks.com. But the Super Bowl is over. It's time to focus on the Nuggets and the Avs. And March Madness is right around the corner. I can't wait. I'm a University of Kansas. Kansas basketball fan. And Hooters has specials uh, starting at $10 for a draft and 10 boneless wings. And Hooters wings can fly. You can have them delivered right to your front doorstep. And when the girls come over on Wednesday nights, that's what I do. I order Hooters new smoked wings. They're delicious. They're only half the calories. And the girls love them. So order your Hooters wings to go or have them delivered right to your front door. More information, visit HootersColorado.com. That's HootersColorado.com. Let them know that you know the mayor chicks. We'll be right back talking with the former state senator Kevin Lundberg about this very, very bad sex education bill, HB 191032. Kim Munson with the AmeriChicks. We'll be right back. All AmeriChicks sponsors are an exclusive partnership with the AmeriChicks and are not affiliated or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson and grow your business, contact Kim at AmeriChicks.com. That's AmeriChicks.com. You want to succeed, so you need to dress for the job, event, or relationship that you seek. For over 30 years, entrepreneur, stylist, and AmeriChick Kim Munson has 
has been helping women look their very best with well-priced, made-to-measure clothes that fit a busy lady's lifestyle. Gals, if you want to up your game and freshen your look, email Kim at Americhicks.com for your initial style consult. Kim at Americhicks.com. Social media is important to the Americhicks since it's an avenue we can utilize to hear from and speak to all of our friends. For those of you who enjoy listening to the show, we'd love to hear what's on your radar. Follow us and talk to us at AmeriChicks Twitter and Facebook pages. Also, if you're a business owner who could benefit from some extra foot traffic from like-minded friends, consider advertising on the AmeriChicks radio show. Contact us at AmeriChicks.com or email Kim at AmeriChicks.com. Hey, welcome back to the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson, where we dissect issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. Be sure and check out my website, AmeriChicks.com. That is where I am on Facebook and Twitter as well. Uh, We have on the line with us Senator Kevin Lumberg, or former state Senator Kevin Lumberg. Senator Lumberg, you were down at the State House for 16 years. You've seen all kinds of things happen down there. One of the things that we've we've heard a politician say, hey, we want to hear from the people. I want to hear from you. Tell me what you think. Well, they were just kidding regarding this House Bill 191032, weren't they? Yeah, that's quite correct, because uh, as I say, hundreds of people showed up for the first hearing, and it didn't change a single vote. The vote passed the committee on a party line uh, vote, and it, it it's just amazing. Now, uh, there, there's something else important to note when, it, when we talk about the process there, and that is it went from this uh, health committee to, in the House, and then it's sent to uh, appropriations because they want to put up a million-dollar fund to help uh, um, schools kick this all into gear. Um, the, and that means that it goes to appropriations to put up a million dollars. Well, most probably... I was chairman of Senate Appropriations for two years, and so I know how this process works. Big bills like that that spend a lot of money have to wait until the budget bill is passed before appropriations can sit down and deal with it. Now, they can push it through sooner if they want, but uh, a standard protocol for this is this bill will now sit on the calendar for a couple of months until the budget bill is done, and then they'll deal with it again. So. Don't be lulled to sleep if you don't hear about this for a while. Now, they could break out of that, and they could say, we don't care what the budget is, we're going to spend the million bucks. <laughs> and they could do it tomorrow if they wanted. But um, bear that in mind as well. Well, and you know what I think that we need to do? You know, certainly going down to the state house and emailing your legislators is important and, and, and would recommend that. However... I'm convinced that we need to be talking with our friends and our family and our colleagues about what the real agenda is of the the, Dem- right. the Democrat Party, which it's no longer the Democrat Party of JFK. I'm like, honestly, I do not think that, you know, the, the Democrat Party of, of years gone by would say, we're not going to acknowledge that boys are boys and girls are girls. I mean, most if you would have talked about this, even 10 years ago, people would have looked at you like you're nuts. And, and our kids, you know, our little kids aren't stupid. They know that this is a whole, I mean, I think deep down this is a whole big lie. Uh, and I think, 
I think that the veil is off now, Senator Lundberg, and in a way I'm excited about it because all of this has been percolating underneath, and we now see what the real agenda is, and we need to, in calm, reasonable voices, we can't be hysterical because that's never effective, but we need to be, when you're talking to your neighbor over the fence, hey, did you know that there's this crazy House bill, well, maybe I shouldn't say crazy, I'm judging it already, House Bill 1032 down at the State House, where they're saying you can't refer to little boys as boys and little girls as girls. I mean, I think most people's jaws would drop. Oh, yeah, and, and you know, this... This is the bill of Planned Parenthood and the homosexual community. Uh, and, and they're not just saying, let's live and let live. No, they're saying, we're going to ram this down your throat, and your children are going to accept our values. We're going to teach it to them for 12 years. Oh, wait, with full-day kindergarten, 13 years. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's, it's unbelievable and, and probably, probably unstoppable in the Colorado legislature, and for sure the governor's going to sign this one. So I think we, we need to understand, here's a principle in politics, and that is the vast majority of all the votes that are cast during the session are determined on election day. And this is what we got, and this is what we're going to have to live with until we make a dramatic change in, in our legislature. Um, I don't see any other solution. Uh, and on the short haul, I think public schools are going to find a whole lot of kids aren't going to be there anymore because a lot of parents are going to figure this out. This goes into effect in the next school year. This The, the bill actually becomes immediately effective, but practically speaking, they'll, they'll kick this one into gear across the state in September well, no, I guess it's August nowadays, mm-hmm. in, uh, uh, in this year. I mean, it's, it's just breathtaking how quick uh, and how dramatic a change they're trying to push upon the people of Colorado. Well, and, and once again, I'm, and you mentioned it, I'm a live and let live girl. You know, I, I figure each person has their own things to deal with, and I'm a live and let live girl. However... You know, what we're seeing with, I'm calling it now the LGTB industrial complex. It's no longer a live or let live. It is affirm what we say. You see Jack Phillips, Jack Phillips Masterpiece Cake Shop cannot say, you know what, I, I'm, I, I don't want to bake a cake in celebration of a gay wedding because that goes against my values. But you can buy anything here. You know, you're certainly welcome to do that. Uh, and then... The, the couple runs to the Colorado Civil um, Rights Commission, and the Civil Rights Commission comes into Jack Phillips and says, if you do not affirm what we, the state, says, then you we're going to uh, use the law to take away your business. Now, here we've got right. our children where the LGTB industrial complex is saying, we are going to put our belief system, our religion, we are going to force our religion on your children. And there's not a darn, darn thing you can do about it. And and. I'm astounded that this is where we are now. Very quickly, because we're just we're about out of time, and we're going to have Carolyn Martin on in the the next two segments, and she is the liaison with the uh, Colorado Homeschool Network, and and parents are going to have to stand up and say, "Not on my watch," uh, and uh, I think people are going to have to start to pull their kids out of public schools. We. We used to believe that, that a public education, we wanted to make sure that our kids had a classical liberal education where they knew how to, to aspire to be their best, best person and that they could be and to, to give them the tools to do that. And now 
public education, I, I'm I'm just shocked at where we are on that. But there's one thing that that it looks like they tried to put in here to make it look like, oh, parents, you can opt out of this. But actually, it's more sinister than that. So explain, Senator Lumberg. Well, they've always had in Colorado law the, an opt-out provision for sex education. So a parent can say, no, I, I don't want my kids to go through this. And technically, that's still there. But this is how the process works, is the, they'll, they'll notify the student. You know, they'll give them a piece of paper and say, go show this to your parents. Um, and that doesn't happen a lot to, of the time. No, no, and they've got to see it, and then they've got to realize, okay, I'm going to put my child through this, oh, you can't do this process. Uh, and, and, and there are two elements, I would say. One is it just doesn't work very often at all, and, and you want to talk about bullying. Well, right. <laughs> this is the school district bullying the child and the family that says, no, I don't want to be a part of this. Uh, but in addition to that, whether or not they go through that program, this is intended to change the whole mindset of attitudes there in public schools. Because it, it would be impossible for them to say, okay, we cannot teach gender norms here, but no, no problem elsewhere. No, it's not going to work that way. There's going to be this new attitude and mindset and and. You know, I mentioned earlier, it's not just the parents, it's the teachers. The teachers are going to have to put up with this nonsense, or they'll be treated like that that uh, teacher from Virginia I mentioned who was literally fired because he, he mistakenly called somebody who thought they were a girl a boy once, and then he they fired him because he wouldn't relent. I mean, it's not that he... He said, no, I, I won't refer to him that way, but... But he wouldn't apologize because he said, no, that's wrong. I know that's wrong, and I'm just not going to play your politically correct game. Um, yeah, the, this thing is so far over the top. People need to know, and they need to know it's coming. And it's, uh, you know, I, I almost run out of words I know. on how bad to describe this uh, whole system that they're pressing upon uh, our children first and ultimately, of course, the entire state. Most... Oh, hey, uh, let me give you one real bright note, though. You said live and let live. There's actually a live and let live bill out there. I ran it last year. Uh, Senator Marvel's running it this year, and it basically says, okay, go ahead and you do what you want to do. We'll do what we want to do, but let us all live in this environment. Uh, but no, no, they, they'll kill it this year just like they did last year well and so this comes down to uh who are we you know kamala harris asked the question who are we and uh, of course she was doing that from her radical progressive activist left but i think she's absolutely right who are we who are we as americans who are we as parents are we going to let this big lie be taught using our public dollars our public school dollars to do that we now each one of us has to say who are we? And uh, I think that this is, in a way, I'm grateful for this because the veil is off on what we, ha- uh, what we have in front of us. But Senator Lundberg, um, we're, we're just about out of time. This, this is fascinating. But I feel a deep responsibility on what we pass on to our children. And if we are actually going to try to teach them some big lie that boys are not boys and girls are not girls and it doesn't matter, then my question is, is who are we? Your final thought, and then we'll go to break. People cannot sit on this. They can't say, oh, somebody else is going to handle this. 
I'm sorry, we are a system of we the people. It is up to us. It is up to each one of you who are listening to this to find out the facts. And Kim, you're so correct. Read the bill yourself. Don't quote somebody else. Quote quote the, the, the original source and then act on it. Make this a line in the sand and say, no more. We aren't going to put up with this anymore. And if it's your parent, that means you better find a better way to give your kid an education and I'm afraid public schools just won't be the solution. Well, and and that's why we're going to have Carolyn Martin on with us in the third and fourth segment. Uh, She is with the Colorado Home Educators uh, uh, Group, and uh, I think that that's going to be an option. And, uh, again, who are we? And as parents and as teachers, we have to say, not on my watch. So, Senator Kevin Lundberg, thank you so much. This is so important. And I think what we need to do is start a letter to the editor writing campaign. We need to be talking with our neighbors so that parents understand what is going on out there. And one other thing, you mentioned elections matter. We need to make sure that we are electing Republicans who understand the principles of what the Republican Party stands for, the conservatarian. I'm, I'm calling myself a conservatarian. And I was astonished to see that Don Quorum, and I typically don't like to name names, but Don Quorum, who is a senator from Montrose, he is a Republican. He is a co-sponsor on this. And I, I've heard his reasoning is, is so that that he can have a seat at the table. Sometimes there's tables that you don't take a seat at. You, you put a line in the sand and you say, not on my watch. And so we have to fight this. Senator Lumberg, thank you so much. Before we go to break, though, Jason, Jason McBride is on the line with us. And Jason McBride, it is a pretty special day over at your house. Well, it sure is. Today is uh, my daughter's 16th birthday, and her name is Jacqueline, <laughs> but we've always called her Tiki. So... Uh, she's, uh, of course, the apple of my eye, as mm-hmm. most daddies would understand, and I'd like to wish her a happy birthday. Um, I'd like to remind all the boys out there that she's fluent in several languages. She's fluent in 12-gauge. Uh, she's fluent <laughs> in block. She's fluent in AR-15. Uh, she's also fluent in a swift kick to the you-don't-watch. <laughs> Oh, gosh, Jason McBride, as you were talking about your daughter and her 16th birthday, I was thinking, isn't there that, that country song about when, when the, the guy comes over for the date and, and uh, the dad invites him in and he says, you know, you can help me clean my shotgun. I, I just, I don't know, that just made me laugh a little bit. Oh, so. I, I can't wait. <laughs> I, I have that plan. Oh, my gosh. Well, I've got a worse one planned, too. I'll tell you what it is sometime. Okay, sounds good. Well, happy birthday. You know, children, uh, as you mentioned, apple of of your eye and and, you know jason i know that you agree we have such a responsibility as parents for these kids and so you know i just really wish tiki a really happy 16th birthday and everybody over at your house so but let's talk a little bit about the market um a couple of weeks ago jason you mentioned some moving averages that folks might want to watch and that there might be some resistance levels for the markets where are we at now Well, you're right, Kim. We talked about the 50-day and the 200-day moving averages. And when looking at market indexes, uh, both of them are a lot more relevant at showing support than resistance. So they're better at showing where it may stop dropping and bounce than if it's going up where it may bang its head. You know, I remember you mentioning that, and you said the 50-day rarely causes any issues. Um, Maybe it's a little squirrely, but... You know, uh, what does that mean exactly? 
Well, it means that it, it doesn't uh, have much effect at all when the market's moving up at, at causing any resistance. And at least this time around, I was right. The index has basically ignored the 50-day and just popped right up through it. Okay, so now the indexes are getting close to the 200-day. What might that mean? Well, Kim, the Dow already poked its head above that average a couple days ago by a little bit. Uh, The S&P 500 and the NASDAQ, though, are coming right up against it at this time. So maybe a little caution is in order? You know, I think so. Uh, The markets have had a pretty big bounce here, pretty much straight up the last six weeks. Now, I'm not saying I'm predicting a crash is coming or anything like that, but it wouldn't surprise me to see a little bit of a pause here or maybe kind of the pause or a pullback that refreshes uh, before we resume back to the upside. Okay, so what do you see uh, investors doing right now? I, I kind of think it's a good idea here to be a little bit careful about uh, any new buys. I would make sure you look at the chart of the stock if you're thinking about buying it. Uh, if it's just shot straight up without stopping, uh, you don't want to chase it and buy it right there and then get a pullback right away after you buy it. Uh, some folks that uh, had the guts to buy cheap when the market was down, yeah, they might have some really decent gains already, and it never hurts to take a little bit of profit off the table, uh, create a little bit of dry powder for the next opportunity that comes along. Well, that seems like that makes a lot of sense. So, uh, Jason, I know that if people would like to have another set of eyes on their nest egg, they can talk to you and and the great guys and gals over at Presidential Wealth Management. Uh, I've got my own landing page with you. It's chickspresidential.com. That's chickspresidential.com, or your phone number over there is 303-694-1600, So happy, happy birthday to Tiki today. That's a very special birthday, 16th birthday. So you guys have a great time over at the McBride House this evening as you celebrate Tiki's birthday. All right. Thank you, Kim. Have a great show. We'll talk to you tomorrow. And uh, so Kim Munson with the AmeriChicks, we are going to go to break. When we come back, I'm... I'm really excited to talk with Carolyn Martin. She is the liaison with the uh, Colorado Home Educators Group. And as we look at the the craziness that is going on regarding this House Bill 19, 1032, the hypersexualization of our children, no longer letting our kids be kids, what can parents do? And she is actually going to present a very good option. So we will be right back. Work with mortgage professionals who will give you quick and accurate financial advice. Home Mortgage Alliance has the knowledge and expertise to explore the many financial options available to you. The mortgage process can be stressful, and as interest rates rise, it's more important than ever to get pre-qualified now so you're ready to buy. Call Kim Sturtz and Mark Cook with Home Mortgage Alliance to make sure that you're making the right financial choice for you and your family. 303-888-2732. Kim and Mark will remain available to you 24-7 to help you through the process. Choose the only mortgage professionals recommended by the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson. Call Kim and Mark with Home Mortgage Alliance today. 303-888-2732. Dan Predovich and his team at Predovich & Company help your business plan ahead financially. The AmeriChicks with Kim Munson highly recommends Predovich & Company as your financial business consultant. Predovich & Company will take care of your tax preparation 
bookkeeping, and business advisory services. Dan Predovich and his team want to learn about the unique needs of your business through real, honest dialogue. Because of their advanced technological capabilities, Predovich and company can help clients anywhere in the United States. Call 303-791-3000 to start preparing now for tax season. Organize your business finances with Predovich and company. Call 303-791-3000 today. Hey, welcome back to the Ameritics with Kim Munson, where I dissect issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left, agree or disagree. Let's have a conversation. Be sure and check out my website, Americhicks.com. That is where I am on Facebook and Twitter as well. When we talk about dissecting issues as right versus wrong, one of the fundamental things throughout history is men. There's men and women. There's boys and there's girls. And it is astounding to me that we have a piece of legislation in Colorado. It's House Bill 19. And, and again, to explain that, if it comes out of the House, it's an HB, House Bill. If it comes out of the Senate, it's SB, Senate, uh, uh, Senate Bill. And then it'll have the year, 19. So in this case, it's House Bill 19, 1032. It is a sex education bill, which is the hypersexualization of our children, no longer letting our kids be kids, and really being pushed forward with what I call the LGTB industrial complex. Uh, and, and in this, it's astounding. I, I encourage you to read it for yourself. It says that LGTB experiences be taught, uh, starting in fourth grade for sure, although I think that uh, starting in kindergarten, and, and of course we have uh, Governor Polis that is advocating for all-day kindergarten, and uh, I think we as parents, we have to we have to say, hold on a minute. And so that is why I'm thrilled to talk with Carolyn Martin. She is the legislative liaison with the Christian Educators of Colorado. And uh, there's options out there for parents. And I, th- I think we as parents and teachers, teachers out there, you have to say, not on my watch. But Carolyn Martin, you are on the, the forefront. You Explain what you see from this House Bill 1032. Yeah, thanks, Kim, for having me on. Um, I think this bill actually forces moral education in the schools. That's contrary to me to reality. I mean, we're, it's not reality that there are more than two genders. It's not reality that, that homosexuality is good, a good lifestyle for kids. And I understand there are people that are caught up in this kind of stuff, but to promote it as normal and to make kids believe that, because that, they're taking what they believe is right and wrong and turning it upside down well, I, and that's well, it, harmful to them. It is an inherently, you know, I, I don't think kids are dumb. I think they're going to go, no, wait a minute. You know, I mean, there's boys and there's girls. I mean, yes. I, 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 I think that kids are kind of looking at adults going, really? I mean, I mean, I just think it doesn't make any sense. But, but you talk about um, kind of a, a, a new kind of a, a morality or a new religion. I, I, I really think this is, is, in a way, this is a religion that is being taught. And, you know, we've seen the left that has used the Constitution and, of course, Jefferson's words about the separation of church and state, which that's not in the Constitution. Basically, you know, he was refer- had sent a letter to, um, oh, let's see, the Baptist. I, I can't remember which ones. But anyway, uh, affirming to them that they, the government would not say that you have to have a specific religion, a specific belief system. And so that has been used to actually take, you know, the, the, the teaching of the, the Judeo-Christian teachings out of schools. And, and we've kind of said, okay, you know, okay. Well, now we see a new religion is trying to take that place, uh, its place, and that is uh, in House Bill 1032. Exactly. That's, that's really humanism where people, they're pushing them, like you were talking about earlier, um, sexualizing our children. 
so that they focus on physical pleasure. And that is the religion of humanism, where we focus in on ourselves, and it redefines the family, emphasizing happiness and pleasure over responsibility, sacrifice, loyalty, and longevity. I mean, that's that's the foundation of our society, and they've taken that. They're going to take that all away and strip it away from our kids. And so, yeah, we, there is there are options. <laughs> there are options. So, uh, you know, uh, let's go. I want to talk about options. And let's do that in the next break. You mentioned okay. something, and I hadn't really thought about that. And that is, that is the difference between a classical liberal education, mm-hmm. uh, of which our founders certainly they were not perfect people. Uh, they they were men and women. They you know certainly humans. Uh, however, instead of focusing on the physical pleasure that we are now seeing with humanism, with that particular worldview, mm-hmm. you know they were teaching how to have the tools and to think big thoughts and to listen to great music, to be, to strive to be the best version of ourselves. And you, you saw this, you know, generally throughout the history of America and uh, you get to, let's say world war two. I have had the great honor to interview over 100 world war two veterans with my world war two project. And one of the things that the theme that I see is these guys always saw something bigger than themselves. They put their lives on the line because they knew that there was something bigger than themselves. They weren't looking just at their own physical pleasure, the whole humanism thing. They knew that there was something bigger than themselves, and that's one of the reasons why they were the greatest generation. And they came out of a classical liberal education, which uh, they, you know, you would never even have thought that you would have something like House Bill 191032 coming down the pike. So, quick comment on that, Carolyn, and then we're going to go to break because I know parents they're going to go, well, what do I do? And you've got some options. So, what's your thought on this uh, this last comment? Yeah, exactly. I think the previous generations were seeking after truth, and there was a target that you could hit when it came to truth. There were absolute truths, men, male and female, you know. Um, Those things were absolute. They also, um, they extolled virtue, and they they looked for beauty in things. Mm -hmm. We are not doing that anymore. But a classical education can bring that back to people. But, um, yeah, we need to get back to those values where we're not thinking about our, just ourselves, but other people. Well, and a quick comment on that. I actually went to see the Christian Dior uh, design uh, exhibit down at the uh, Denver um, uh, Art Museum on uh, Monday. And as you mentioned that, as I was going through all the different designs, when Christian Dior started, it was really, the designs were beautiful. They they really enhanced a woman's beauty. And as you saw the new designers come through, and as you, you could almost see as we were moving more and more towards humanism uh, throughout this last century, you could see that in the designs where you got some things that they, they really weren't as beautiful. And uh, I, so when you mentioned that, the previous generations, they... they they sought beauty. They sought truth. And House Bill 1032 is trying to teach a lie instead of searching for truth. And that is why we as parents and as educators have to take a stand. And I know as a mom, if, if you know, I knew that this was coming down the pike, I'd say, what can I do about it? Because I, I, I think many people have thought, well, I could go to a charter school. Uh, but charter schools also receive public dollars. And any public do- uh, school that receives public dollars will be forced 
They don't have a choice. They will be forced with this curriculum. So what can parents do? Carolyn Martin with Christian Educators of Colorado. You're the legislative liaison. There are options. So let's go to break. When we come back, I know parents are sitting on the edge of their seat to see what those options might be. Award-winning realtor Karen Levine has 30 years of experience with REMAX Alliance. Karen Levine believes in home ownership. As a Colorado representative to the National Board of Realtors, Karen Levine works to protect private property rights. Since losing her mother to breast cancer, Karen Levine has helped organize a local fundraising event called Karen's for the Cure, raising money for breast cancer research. Karen Levine comes highly recommended by the Americhicks with Kim Munson. Choose Karen Levine to buy or sell your home because she understands that it's more than just a house. Call award-winning realtor Karen Levine with REMAX Alliance today at 303-877-7516. I believe the children are our future. Teach them well and let them lead the way. Hey, welcome back to the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson, where we're dissecting issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left, agree or disagree. Let's have a conversation. Carolyn Martin with the Christian Educators of Colorado, the legislative liaison. I believe that children are our future. And uh, throughout the generations, uh, great societies and great people, they care about what they pass on to their their children. And truth is one of those things. And uh, the veil is off. The veil is off on the Democrat, uh, activist, progressive, humanist agenda. And now that the veil is off, we know what we're fighting. What can can parents do about this? Great. Thank you, Kim. Um I work for Christian Home Educators of Colorado, and we believe that parents have an unalienable fundamental right to direct the upbringing, care, and education of their children without government control. And so... I agree. (laughs) Yeah, we have that option here in Colorado. We have, um, we celebrated our 30th anniversary last year of the homeschool law in Colorado, and it's a, it's a moderate law compared to the rest of the states. But um, but we do have a lot of freedom to be able to bring our kids home and decide what we're going to teach them. When you look at what's being taught in the public school, I, I asked a group, I said, is there any subject, any subject in the public schools they're teaching your values or your even belief about what the world is, how the world looks in history and science and whatever area? Can you name one? And no one could tell me any subject where they agreed with what they were being taught. And that's the thing. At home, you can teach them how you believe, how you see the world, what, you know, how things are structured in your mind and how things work. So, um, so we have this great freedom. And so parents should, be, should know about that, that there, that is an option. You can bring them home. And we, you know, a lot of us homeschool parents, we, we live on single incomes or even single parents are homeschooling or have special needs kids. It's a sacrifice, but we're willing to do it because we know what, what's at stake here. Well, okay, uh, that may seem a little daunting. I mean, so you have a, a, a parent that cares deeply about their kids, cares deeply about their education. And the parent may say, I, I don't know, A, if I'm up for that. And B, then there's also the argument about um, the kids won't have, you know, won't meet other people, their socialization. Uh, so let's talk yeah. about that first question first. I'm, I'm a parent. I care a lot about my kids, you know, but, uh, you know, I, I t- look at myself. I'm like, I, I don't know that I'm capable 
of, of homeschooling my children? What, what would you say to a parent that has that question? Well, that's great. I think if you really care about it, you can learn how to do it. I remember when my son um, had some issues and um, I was, the OT, you know, the occupational therapist would come by. I just learned everything about it, and I did that. We do that for our kids, right? And you can do that with this as well. We, at Check, we, we say Check instead of the whole thing, but um, at Check, we do have a conference where we help parents learn how to teach their kids. So we do have those resources. We do stuff during the year. There, there are groups that you can get um, connected with where they support you and help you. And so you're not doing this totally all alone. We, oh. we're, we're a community. There are over 40,000 students being homeschooled in Colorado. Okay. There, so, uh, there's help. So there's a, a curriculum. It's not like, okay, I'm sitting here and I have to just figure it out from ground zero. I mean, there's curriculum out there. There's tools that parents yeah. could, could uh, rely upon. And then you said there's 40,000 kids. When you said check, that's yeah. col- uh, Christian, educators, Christian of educators of Colorado. Okay, exactly. so, so there's an infrastructure, you know, so there's, there's people you can talk with. And I imagine that there's probably parents that come together and say, hey, I'll take English, you take math, you take this, mm-hmm. and, and maybe kind of a little co-op or something, right? Exactly. There's lots of those across the state. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, what about two other things? The socialization, you know, and, and on one hand, as, you know, going to public school, there certainly is the socialization, which can be a good thing, and it can be a bad thing as well. Right. Um, and then also sports. Say that you have a, a child that, you know, wants to play sports, and if they're going, you know, homeschool, I mean, so how would you address those two things? Because I think that those are a couple of questions that parents have. Yeah, um, one of the things about socialization, I mean, we talked about opportunities for kids to get together. That That is certainly there. I mean, a lot of homeschool parents take their kids to all kinds of activities, just like they do in the public school. So they're getting that socialization on a peer level, but it's more monitored probably by parents than it is in the public school. But the, the great thing about, um, pu- uh, about homeschooling is that you get a variety of experience. You're not just talking to your peers. You're talking to older children, younger children, um, adults. So you have, you're working in a framework like you're going to when you go out in the world. Instead of being eight hours a day with the same age group, Mm-hmm. You are have a variety of experiences across the social spectrum. And so I think we think that's a positive instead of a negative. And then about sports, um, the public schools do, um, we do have access to the public school programs as far as um, sports go. And even other things, if you wanted to do ROTC, those, those programs are available to us as homeschoolers. Okay. Now, you mentioned something about kids having access across the spectrum. And I I mentioned that I've interviewed a number of World War II veterans. You know, and these were guys that came from the the farms and the little towns and the villages and the cities. And, um, you know, many of them didn't graduate from high school. Lots of them lied to get into the service at the age of 16, 17, or 18. Um, But they... They had the the tools that they could actually figure out how to build bridges. Uh, you know, these guys were navigators on bombers that they didn't have uh, a GPS on how to figure out how to get the plane from from uh, England over to, to bomb something in Germany and back. I mean, they actually knew the tools. They could figure it out. And, um, you know, a lot of them came out of these little, uh, you know, two-room schoolhouses. Yeah. 
And uh, if people would like to take a look, and I know that there's, uh, there's those that have tried to say, well, maybe this isn't true, but there's an eighth grade final exam from Salina, Kansas in 1895. And my grandmother who uh, grew up in a two-room sod house on the plains of western Kansas, only had an eighth-grade education. However, she was smart as a whip, and she could do anything. I would recommend that you all go and take a look at this and see if you could pass this eighth-grade final exam in Salina, Kansas. And my point is, is they, there you had children anywhere from kindergarten, you know, all the way up to eighth grade, and they interacted together. The older kids taught the little kids. And those educations were really rich educations, uh, from, from what I can tell. Exactly. And, and I think, you know, they spend a lot of time in the public school um, managing the crowd kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> Where you don't have to do that at home. You, you have opportunity to do a lot of other things outside of the home, you know, different field trips or whatever interests your child to, to really delve into those fields and meet the people who are doing those things. So, so it really affords you different opportunities. Um, it's a lifestyle, really. I mean, the way that we look at it is we are discipling our children. The teachers at public school are discipling your children, but <laughs> we want to be able to be the one who's discipling our children in the way that they should go in the world. Yeah, well, I tell you what, I trusted in some ways. I mean, my kids really had a, a good education. However, mm-hmm. there's some things that I'm pretty surprised about. Um <laughs> There was a book that, uh, I think it's called The Bluest Eye, uh, and, and it is a, a book that came to my attention after we started this radio show that was being um, used in, in public schools, and it was basically, it kind of upheld pedophilia. And um, I'm, I was just aghast. I just couldn't believe that. And, you know, with the, the group of women that, that gets together at my house from time to time, we had a young gal, and I brought it up, and she said, oh, well, yeah, I, I read that. And I'm like, you did. And then I happened to be going through, I have a whole bunch of books um, at my house and, and was going through a bunch of books. And there was that book in my house. And so I, I talked to my daughter about it and she said, oh yeah, we had to read that in English class. And so Carolyn, this was right under my watch. And I kind of wanted to kick myself and I realized that we can't t- take things for granted uh, regarding our children's education. And so, of course, when this House Bill 1910-32, when I read it, it fired me up. And I'm like, wait a minute, parents have to know what's going on. And so kind of your final thought, there is an option out there. How can people get more information regarding the Christian educators of Colorado and how to homeschool your children? Yeah, you can go to check.org, which is C-H-E-C dot O-R-G. And there's plenty of information there on the website. And you can give us a call if you have questions not a problem. But before we go, Kim, can I just mention a couple of other bills that are that kind of dovetail with this 10th? Yeah, please do. Is that possible? Okay. Yeah. So HB 19, again, the House Bill 19 for this year, 1120, is the Youth Mental Health Education and Suicide Prevention Bill, which is a misnomer because what it does is it lowers the age of consent um, to 12 for, for 12-year-olds to be able to get their own mental health care without consent consulting the parents oh my gosh that kind of dovetails with this this agenda of sexualizing our kids because what would happen is in in a school situation a teacher would say oh you're struggling with your identity okay let's get you in touch with this counselor it will be a counselor that will be picked at the school a lot of schools have their own counselors there and um they will be pushed into that 
to that lifestyle through the counseling. Okay. You know, so, and the other thing, and it also provides for suicide prevention curriculum and mental health stuff all the way down to kindergarten. Okay, and we care about that, but uh, once again, what it says and what it does is uh, maybe two different things. We're just about out of time. Very quickly, what's the other one? The other one is HB 19-1129. It prohibits prohibits conversion therapy, and that's a misnomer as well, because really what it does is it stops anybody from not, from, um, from speaking anything except the homosexual agenda when you're in counseling. So. Okay, so that's read House, the bills, but it's they're very short. I'll <laughs> read it. So House Bill nineteen eleven twenty, House Bill eleven twenty nine. We all have our yeah. homework. Go read that. Carolyn Martin with Christian thank Educators you. of Colorado. Thank you so much. Greatly appreciate it, and uh, we'll have you back. Keep us surprised at what's going on. And uh, so with that, it is uh, two thousand nineteen, and uh, today you want to make sure that you, you think great thoughts, you listen to beautiful music, you strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice and the American way. This is Kim Munson with the AmeriChicks. God bless you, and God bless America.